Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Thought Architecture. And in today's episode, we're going to be examining the Japanese art of kintsugi. Now, you might be asking, Justin, what the hell is kintsugi? You know, like, sounds like、uh, something that you eat, perhaps, you know? Sounds like a kung fu move or something like that. Well, let me tell you, kung fu is Chinese, and kintsugi is clearly a Japanese word. But after that, allow me to read you the definition. Kintsugi, also, know as, also known as kintsukuroi, is the Japanese art of repairing boat broken pottery by mending the areas of the breakage with a lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold, powdered silver, or platinum, a method similar to、uh, the maquillet technique. Okay, so、uh, of course, the idea of kintsugi is the idea that. Um, you know, something that's broken should not be discarded but rather repaired. And the repair, the flaw, the breakage becomes a history of the object as well and actually defines the personality of the object itself. So, one of my, one of my good friends, Eric, has a little tea set and、uh, one of the cups actually broke and he repaired that cup. Now, Eric is already a minimalist and so the idea is that he made、um, a lot of mindful decisions about which cup and、uh, teapot to buy, you know, what set to buy, which one's going to suit him, traveling, etc. So, he was really going for this idea of purposeful、uh, purchasing. And of course, he bought the set. And when he dropped that cup, I mean, you know, he had a lot of choices to make. Should he throw it away? Should he,、um, should he buy a new one? Should he buy a replacement cup、uh, or the entire set? And instead, he bought a Kintsugi kit. And he, of course, put in efforts and energy. And that already, the, the idea is that the research suggests that every time you put in effort and en- energy into anything, you appreciate that thing a lot more. And so, very simply put, Let's just say that Eric appreciates that cup now more than anything else. It's like his favorite cup. So, the, the very simple concept of kintsugi is again、um, putting effort into the reparation of something, which then allows you to appreciate it even more. And now, like I said, you know, this little kintsugi cup of his has more character, more personality than his teapots, his other cup, and he loves it a lot. And so, There's a very simple point that I'm going to raise here, which is emotional or let's say belief structure, kintsugi, you know, inner work, emotional work. And for a lot of people, this seems a bit strange, like, what am I constantly repairing myself because I'm broken? I want to make it clear that I don't believe that people are broken, right? What I believe in is rather that, like, Like a, a snake, perhaps, or a butterfly, or something like that. People outgrow certain things. And so, as a result, like the skin on the outside, the shell that they're perhaps、um, coming out of will crack, will break, and it doesn't suit them anymore. When they come out of this process of, let's say, shedding a skin or you know, coming out of its shell or something like that,、um, the idea is that you, you're a little bit more vulnerable at that moment in time. But over time, a new shell forms, the skin you know, forms, everything is great. So, in saying that, we're not all broken, but rather going through this constant process of transformation. So, a very simple idea is to identify if you are at a negative one state, a zero state, or a plus one state. And of course, I use the metaphor of thinking about your money like a credit card. So, if you're in a negative one state, you are in debt, you owe someone money. If you're in a zero state, you're pretty much all your bank accounts are zero, you're not in debt, but you have no savings. Whereas a plus one state is You've got some money in your savings. You can take risks, you can play around. And that plus one state is usually where we perform our emotional, intentional kintsugi. Because the very simple principle behind this idea is that in life, 
you will either be forced to change through traumatic events or you prepare for these traumatic events with things that are within your control so that when you are in that traumatic event, you have the skill necessary, you have the training, you have the development to be able to handle said traumatic event. Okay. Of course, there is no avoiding traumatic events, but there is good preparation for it. And not just that, but the preparation for it actually creates uh, a better response where you can serve yourself better, honestly, serve others better, etc. So there, there is this intention behind it that we're not preparing so we don't get hurt. It's more we're preparing. We do suffer the same you know, turmoil, turbulence, whatever you want to call it, that we would go through. However, we come out on the other side and we are ready to go. We are confident in our skills. We can help others as well. So think about it like this. Let's say that um, I have a particular belief from when I was a child. I don't know. Let's say Santa Claus. When my parents actually tell me that Santa Claus doesn't exist or if I find out from someone mean at school that Santa Claus doesn't exist, that is an external environment breaking a part of my structure. Okay. And so... I want you to imagine dropping uh, a bowl that you possess on the floor and it breaks and shatters. Now, you haven't just fractured a piece of the bowl. The entire bowl is now fractured. So you can kintsugi it, repair it, etc., and mend it together so it's more beautiful than it used to be. Um, but the idea is that the break is far more severe than if I'd chosen to challenge it myself when I was comfortable, when I was ready. Because usually the universe throws things at us um, you know, that we can handle, but we need to be sensitive to hear, huh, okay, that's, that's a little bit of a problem. Let me examine that while I have the energy, while I'm in a plus one state. Let me put it on my to-do list. Let me, let me dedicate some time to this versus, you know, oh, it's not such a big deal. I'll deal with it later. No, it's not such a big deal. I'll deal with it later. And then of course, you know, the universe comes knocking and whew, does it knock you flat and fracture everything and you've got a lot of repair work to do and you know and that's where people go into like all kinds of like trauma therapy or they dive into alcohol drugs there's a lot that goes on here behind motivations of feeling whole now it's also a particular belief of mine that as we as we age we go from zero to 25 we encounter a lot of trauma because our young minds cannot understand the world around us and as we get older we're like oh yeah i was dumb when i was a kid but you still have a lot of beliefs that you need to examine. It needs to be intentional. So intentional, purposeful, uh, micro kintsugis. Okay, so imagine examining a belief that you have right now. Like maybe your belief is that this country is better than another country, whatever it is. Or this country has the best food than other countries. When you are presented with information that shows that it's not true, you know, that, that can be quite damaging. Especially if it's part of your identity. So it's about chipping away at these things and say, well, my food doesn't have to be the best food in the world. Like my country's food doesn't have to be the best food, but it's the best food for me, especially at the moment now. So we contextualize things. And so we are the ones who challenge our own fragile pots of belief or fragile bowls or cups or whatever you want to call it. So the very simple idea is that take your belief and tap it with your finger and be like, hmm, is this strong or is this fragile? And then you tap it with something a little bit stronger, like pen or pencil, and you see, can you chip it? Oh, oh, I just chipped it a little bit. Okay, let me repair it. Let me do some work repairing this. Let me challenge it a little bit more. So we do this progressive overload challenge, okay? And what we have is, is you know, patterns of fracture that actually heal stronger. And then eventually, we've got an entire cup or bowl 
that actually is now bigger, so it can hold more water. It, it has grown with us. And the beauty is actually in the, uh, the flakes, the, the powdered gold, platinum, silver, whatever it is that you've used, that actually becomes the more valuable part, not the part that you kintsugi'd. The fact that you're building up skill in learning how to repair yourself, learning how to challenge yourself as well, it's part of that, that theme that you hear quite often, you know, do things that suck, often. Why? Put yourself in a, like a, a micro discomfort when you've got the energy for it, when you're ready for it. You know, challenge yourself. It doesn't have to be terrible. And you can start to enjoy this idea of thinking about it rather instead of doing things that suck. Thinking about it instead as doing things that help me develop skill. Doing things that help me get stronger, better, and less fragile. And so what I actually notice is the people who challenge themselves regularly. And when I say challenge, I don't mean like, oh, can you run a marathon in a day? Let's do it, you know. Um, zero hours preparation like that's that's great that does challenge you I'm not denying that but what I'm talking about is you know in a moment when you feel so much rage you know the challenge is really to to kind of swallow that rage and be like okay that's fine you know um, maybe rage is there uh, maybe the challenge is actually sharing weaknesses shame you know uh, something that you're responsible for that actually caught a lot of hurt that again is something that you are responsible for. And the very simple point is that you challenging it piece by piece by piece makes you a stronger person. That is truly challenging. Sharing, sharing weakness, sharing shame, sharing experiences, embarrassments, etc., in the right places with the right people, you know, in the right ways are very important for our growth. And the idea is that we can actually upgrade ourselves consistently with life. By doing this, we can, we can create stronger friendships, better relationships, all that kind of thing. We can take a terrible relationship and actually make it stronger. By doing these little micro challenges, we increase our confidence and our abilities, our skills, interpersonally and intrapersonally as well. And so that's a big belief of mine. So the idea is that this emotional kintsugi is all about um, trying to fracture something just a little bit challenge it just a little bit. Ask yourself these questions. Now, I, I'm going to go back to the, the example of the kid and Santa Claus, because it's very simple. When you were young, you had certain beliefs. And as you grew up, those beliefs naturally changed. But after the age of 25, you find people normally solidify their beliefs, even though the environment, the, the environment around you changes a lot. The fact is, is that your beliefs kind of stay the same because you're coasting along and you're doing what you need to do and it, it's not a really big deal. So having said that, we got to think about this idea of kintsugi where if we don't change our beliefs and 10 years later we still hold the same beliefs, what does that say about our skill level? Not necessarily that the beliefs are wrong, but we haven't decided to challenge those beliefs. And so, you know, it's very simple. If you don't challenge your beliefs, the evolving world will eventually challenge your beliefs as well. And so it'll put you in a situation where you have to either change or remove yourself from what is happening in the world because the world is constantly changing. So as you can hear, I'm sure you can, you can hear from what I'm saying that I have a strong belief in this idea of making sure that you are in alignment with the environment. 
Okay. So the second idea I think we can talk about in this episode is aligning yourself with this. So quick example for you is the space race at the moment. We've got Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Richard Branson, and each one of them is going to space. Now, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, their companies, you know, Blue Origin and uh, SpaceX, are both going to space in the same way, building rockets, launching rockets. Great. Richard Branson's one is a little bit different. So the, there's an idea that, um, you know, with the, the density of air pressure at the ground, it actually takes a lot of energy to break out of the first layer of the atmosphere to get into less dense airspace where rockets are actually more effective. And so using the law of uh, aerodynamics, you know, the, the law that says that when wind passes over um, the foil of a plane, it actually creates lift because you're separating it out. When you get to certain heights, you don't have enough density of air to actually create any more lift. So planes can only go to a certain height and no higher because they actually need dense air, right? So they need a certain level of air pressure in order to create lift. So the very simple point is that Richard Branson worked in harmony with this concept by launching his little rocket ship off the back of an airplane. So the airplane launches, lifts, uh, sorry, the airplane takes off and goes up into the upper atmosphere in this way. And then once they get to a certain level where the plane no longer can provide good lift because obviously the atmosphere is a lot thinner, that's when he launches. And he requires far less fuel to be able to do this type of thing. So the simple idea is that Richard Branson is doing it one way where he's working in alignment with the natural forces that are around us all the time. Whereas like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos are doing it in another way. They're doing it in the way that has been demonstrated before. Just put a lot of you know, rocket fuel in something and just watch it go up very quickly. The, there are pros and cons to both of these approaches, of course. And so what I'm challenging you with, rather, is the idea of kintsugi. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that you always need to change your beliefs. Challenge your beliefs, ask yourself questions about your beliefs, but sometimes your beliefs can be strong, just like a big rocket going through all this dense airspace in the atmosphere. The idea is you don't need to necessarily change it all the time. And actually, sometimes it's good to hold fast in certain beliefs, especially beliefs that are true to your core. And so in saying that, Kintsugi, it's not taking it to the one extreme and saying, like, like I will break everything and examine everything, but rather doing so with a little bit of harmony where we say, okay, cool, let me examine this. Oh, this is pretty strong. Let me examine this. Oh, this is super fragile. Super fragile, casualistic, espionidocious. Um, so it's very easy to actually spot people who safeguard their little pots, their, you know, their cups and things like that because they're worried about it, them breaking. And so they defend them fiercely, absolutely fiercely. And you see this with people who are um, not open to negotiation. They're not willing to talk about um, facts or truths or things like that. You know, it doesn't matter what the belief is, but if you're willing to look at what the other side has and say, hmm, okay, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. I still haven't changed my belief, but I acknowledge, yeah, you got a good point. It still hasn't changed my belief. Or, hmm, okay, that's a good point. Let me go away and think about it. So here's a little technique that I use, which is very simply... Um, whenever I get into an argument, I take on the SpaceX approach. But then after the argument, I ask myself, should I become, you know, uh, Virgin Galactic? Should I change styles? So I'll say to a person, look, I'm going to argue my current perspective. I am not going to change in this argument. But what I will do is take it home and really consider it. 
because right now, like this disagreement that we're having is all going to be coming out of what I already know. I don't expect myself to change in this argument because I'm telling you now, my cognitive biases are not going to be able to see things. You know, hindsight is always 2020. So that's what I do. I just make space for that. And I'm like, look, you know, I might come back to you a week from now and say, you know what, you're absolutely right. And I was wrong. I had the wrong end of the stick. But in this argument, I'm going to be fighting for my current understanding of it, my current perspective, my current uh, organization of all the information. And so in that way, I lay the groundwork for, number one, like this isn't the, the be-all and end-all of the, the discussion. And, you know, like no matter what is said, we can revisit the discussion and have like a good talk about it. But then number two is I also open the door for them to do the same, whoever's in the conversation with me, to do the same and reflect. And reflection is, of course, one of the, the parts. The reflection part is one of the phases of self-regulation. And so, very simply put, I find that that's fantastic, regardless of if I change or not. Because most of the time when I have arg arguments or discussions or debates, whatever you want to call them, with people, like I already know the angles that they've got. I've seen this kind of stuff before. But that's not to say that the environment around me hasn't changed since I first examined this information. And so maybe new information has come to light. Maybe I'm just older and I don't care about it anymore. You know, like Keanu Reeves. I love that one quote that he had, which is, if a man says that uh, two plus two equals five, he just kind of says, yep, and he moves on. He doesn't try and argue that person or prove to that person that five, he's like, yeah, man, there's better uses of my time. You know, I can spend my time in much better ways than just this. So there is this concept of, um, you know, as you get older, your priorities change and maybe you're not so bent, hell bent on showing everyone how right you are and how wrong they are. And so, to conclude, the very simple idea of Kintsugi is this idea of dedicating yourself to the examination of parts of yourself and being open to uh, testing them progressively, of course, slowly but surely, when you've got energy, and challenging them as well and saying, huh, I wonder if I can. A good, a good indication for this as well is to notice if you are the type of person who says, oh, I can quit anytime I want, oh, I could do this anytime I want, versus, holy crap. I don't know if I can do that. <sighs> Maybe I should try. Let me test it out. Okay. So that's not to say you should be full of self-doubt, but more to this point of prove to yourself. Evidence something. Because the mind likes to bias itself and say we're so great. Well, try and show yourself how great you are as well. Most people don't do this because they've got this fragile fear, belief around failure and what failure means. And so... Whenever you don't do something, refuse to do something, that's a good time to take an examination approach and try and chip away at your little beliefs and see if there's a chance to get good at the skill of emotional kintsugi. All right. So that's me. That's my, my episode, kintsugi. I'm very excited by this concept, this idea. Um, I'm very much a person for... Um, you know, essentialism, shall we say, that, uh, you know, we should always try to upcycle things, recycle things, repurpose things. Um, and so even physically, I enjoy the idea of kintsugi. So if you're a person who also enjoys this idea of being more resourceful, doing more with less, um, let, share your interest with me because I'm very interested in creating a community of people where, you know, we discuss things like this, like how do we cook with uh, fewer pots? How do we how do we do things without being wasteful or needing like hundreds of different machines or 
Um, you know, how can we do business without paying for like a hundred different services and that type of thing. Most people do it naturally anyway, but we don't necessarily examine all the areas like style, fashion. That's a big one. And a lot of people get lost in it and actually creates more burden, more stress. So essentialism is a pretty good way to say it, perhaps. Uh, if you've got a better suggestion for how to phrase this, then please let me know. But uh, on top of that, if you want to see more, please uh, like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. You know, if you're listening to this on the on the audios, the podcasts, I've now created a visual version of this that's going to be up on YouTube as well. So let me know what you think, um, what topics you want to hear about as well and interact with me. And I'm always, I'm always up for a little bit of conversation. And uh, yes, I hope you have a wonderful week, a wonderful day. Um, the main goal of all of this is just to raise these conversations and to ask people to share so that they can have better connections with everyone else. And I want a better connection with you. So be sure to send me a message if you enjoy this. All right. Take care. I am signing off right now.